sir. Appreciate it. Come on. Good morning, church. How we doing? You guys doing well? Doing well? Uh, let's give it up for our worship team. So good. Unbelievable today. Great time in, in, the wor- in worship. Great time in God's presence. And man, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, I'm originally from Minnesota, so I understand the cold weather, but my body has acclimated to the San Diego temperatures, so I said, Pastor Vince, I will see you at the airport, and I need a coat, okay, because all, all my, my coats are windbreakers, basically, you know, and uh, so, so I, I need something legit, you know what I mean? I need something to actually keep me warm, and and uh, so th- thankfully they did. I got I got all nice and cozied up, and uh, actually I actually uh, someone who gave me a coat? Your dad? Yeah, yeah. Your dad gave hooked me up with a nice warm coat as I came out of the hotel this morning. So uh, you'll have to bear with my San Diego ness here today, um, but. Today is is a day I'm I'm believing for another victory for my sports team. The Seahawks, that's my team, the Seattle Seahawks. Come on, somebody. But today, in honor of your pastors, I have worn the gold. Okay, so so I'm wearing the Packer. Okay, got one fan still. That's good. You know, amazing how that season goes down. We got somebody wearing uh, some legit Packer. Stand up, represent your pastors and your team. There it is. There it is. I love it. Um, you know, there's always next year. You know what I'm saying? So so I see a couple of people representing Dub Bears uh, today. So I see that. But I, I believe the Holy Spirit's bringing a comeback to the Seahawks this year. So I'm really praying around that and fasting a little bit. And so... So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season. Uh, as we're coming around uh, the Christmas time, it's um, it's always such a fun time, isn't it? I mean, you get to gather around uh, celebrations, getting some uh, you know the the presents and the holiday celebrations and the get-togethers and the gatherings. And I know some of it can be a little crazy as well as exciting and fun. Um, but you know, most of the time when you're gathering around these seasons, these times, what is most of it centered around is some type of food. Right, uh, we're gathering around some type of uh, you know meal of some kind. Hopefully, you know that aunt or uh, you know grandma or uncle or whoever you know has got that one special dish, that one dessert, that situation that you're all excited about. I know I'm pumped about coming. I'm uh, family and I are going to Minnesota uh, for uh, Christmas uh, season, and uh, you know we're excited to gather around these different meal type experiences now. I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know sometimes those are great, and then sometimes they can be a little special. You know what I'm saying? You know, and if you're sitting next to that person you're nervous about spending Christmas dinner with, I won't make you raise your hand. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know sometimes you know you gotta meet up, and you know there can be some interesting situations. But I, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen before. Uh, you know, after kind of all the families get together, I have a big family. There's uh, six kids in my family, uh, but then my mom had six siblings, and and so anytime there's gatherings, it's it's a tribe now. The Duth tribe has officially become the 13th tribe of Israel. It's really expanding. We literally have to rent out halls uh, to all gather together. And, um, and so we get together and, you know, it's, it, you know, everyone's bringing the food and they got their special dish. And one year, grandma uh, made some type of potato scallops kind of thing. Oh, God, it was so good. So good. 
But then the next day, you know, have you ever had this, that next day when somebody wakes up and goes, oh, God, I'm not feeling so good? And then you start texting around to the other family, like, hey, how's everybody doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that just my one random kid, or did something happen yesterday? You know what I'm saying? Did somebody not cook the chicken, you know, really well? What happened? And so we had this one year where it was just like an epidemic, like the plague broke out in our entire family. Everyone's like laid out for weeks. It was <laughs> it was a bad situation. Um, so, you know, cook cook your meats thoroughly. That's a, just a public service announcement um, that I'm here to bring from the, the health committee uh, of Utah. And uh, it, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to, to gather around the, these tables. And, and you know what's interesting about Jesus and our relationship with him, much of what he talks about is often gathered around meal-type settings, right? Oftentimes we find Jesus' storyline, oftentimes we find him engaging with people around a dinner environment, around a meal, around a lunch. So I'm thankful for that because I enjoy good food. And, and, and you'll see that often, again, he will call us to the table. So today I want to talk about the table of hope today. I want to talk about coming to uh, the table of hope. And Jesus is often engaging people in this concept of a meal, coming around and gathering in a meal. Remember Zacchaeus's situation. Uh, I don't know if, if you remember the story, right? He was the wee little man, and a wee little man was he. If you grew up in church, you probably sang that song if you're of my age or, or older. Uh, but he was this short dude who was a tax collector, okay? Now, he wasn't an H&R Block tax collector of this current era. He was kind of like a pseudo-terrorist of his era, right? He was collecting the taxes. He was a Jew himself, but he was basically robbing his own people on behalf of the Roman Empire that was uh, absolutely obliterating his own people. So he's sort of in cahoots with the bad guys, sort of like a mob boss of his era. This is Zacchaeus. And the Bible actually says that Zacchaeus was wealthy, right? So he was good at his job of being bad. Actually, Luke uh, chapter 19, let's read it real quick. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, come on, somebody, he could not. Okay? I was five foot three when I got my driver's license. Shout out to that height, okay? I had to sit on a couple telephone books. Come on. Covered with a coat, okay? And I could barely see over the steering wheel. All right. So he could not, because of the crowd... So he ran ahead, climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And I've, I have the privilege of being in this area of the nation, and the sycamore trees, these massive trees with huge kind of hanging branches that would have potentially even been a massive branch It would have hung over, almost cross the entire street potentially. So he's able to jump up into this tree and get a great shot as people are walking underneath it. And so he climbs up to the tree. Uh, he, he climbs up this tree because he wants to get a look at Jesus. Jesus is coming by. Um, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. So he was going over to his house, and this says, All the people uh, saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Right? So Jesus says, hey, I'm coming to your house. He, he's, 
He was the guy who invited himself over to people's houses from time to time. We'll read about that again. He goes, hey, Zach, I'm coming to your house today. We're coming over. We're going to lounge around the table a little bit. We're going to spend a little bit of time together. So Jesus is sharing this meal, sharing this time uh, with Zacchaeus. And as he's doing this, of course, he's getting some grumbling, complaining from people around, shocked at what Jesus was doing. But it says here in verse 6, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, or look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. So here is Zacchaeus. He's, he's a twisted mess. This dude is broken in more ways than one, and who knows what all reason why he finds himself kind of in the back pocket of the Roman Empire and of the mob, and he's ruthlessly dealing with his own people. I don't know if he got hurt maybe from by his own people when he was younger. I don't know if he got rejected. I don't know what bitterness maybe had worked up inside Zacchaeus' life, but he gets to this place where he's he's. Uh, completely uh, opposite and opposing the work of God and God's people. And Jesus just says, listen, if I can just get a meal with this guy, right? If I, if I can just come to the table with Zacchaeus, if I could just spend a little bit of time with Zacchaeus, I, I, I know things could change. And everything shifts in Zacchaeus' life after one meal with Jesus, after coming to the table of hope, after coming to this place with Jesus, everything changes. Everything gets unlocked. All of a sudden, he's like, this stingy thief is now all of a sudden literally giving away half of everything and committing to a crazy payback situation, much more than the IRS has ever done. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's, he turns into a good tax collector. And in this situation, we see there's a transformation that happens when Zacchaeus comes to the table with Jesus, there's something that shifts. And you know, the table, the, the dinner table, the meal is a really powerful experience in our lives. You know, even in the natural, there's so many great studies about the, the value of families having dinner together, being together. And why are, why are even just some of the practical reasons why I think that is even in the natural, and I think they kind of have some supernatural implications as well, but uh, sitting down at a table, forces you to slow down a little bit. You know what I mean? We're in a, we're in a, fast, fa a fast food world. We're in a fast pace, fast, you know, instant everything. But the dinner table, and I have two little daughters, so getting my kids to sit still at a dinner table, come on, how many know that's a Christmas miracle? You know what I'm saying? And so you're, you're trying to gather at the table, and it just forces you, okay, let me put the work down. Let me put the phone down. Let me put the distractions down. Let me come to the table. Something about it forces me to slow down and pause for a minute. You know, another thing, too, is it creates conversation. When you're sitting at the table together, you start talking. A lot of times people aren't talking anymore. No one's having conversations anymore. But when you're sitting across from somebody, as long as you put your cell phone away, you're going to start talking, most likely. I mean, at least chances are higher of a conversation when you're at the table together. You know what I mean? So you begin conversations. Uh, you, you look each other in the eye. A lot of times we're not really looking at it. When you're sitting across the table from somebody, 
You look into their eyes. You, you, you're, you're validating people. You're seeing where people are at. You're, you're acknowledging their presence by looking at them, honoring them with, with that kind of a gesture. The table is powerful. You get fed at the table. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, that's one of the most important things at the table. You eat, right? You're tired. You're hungry. You're weak, but now you're not, right? You, you get fed. You get nourished. You get refreshed at the table. There's something powerful that happens at that table that strength is restored. Uh, you know what? Let's be honest. Sometimes you crazy shows at the table. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're forced to sit down, look each other in the eye, and try to sit still, you know things start manifesting, especially in your kids. You're like, what is wrong with my kids right now? Why can't you know? Uh, or or yourself. You, you know, you just kind of gets a little bit. Re- you know, we're about to gather around the Christmas table with a lot of people in our lives, family, friends. How many know some crazies about to show up? You know what I mean? So, sometimes things are going to come to the surface. You know what I mean? At the table. It's not always comfortable, but it's actually a beautiful part of the table. Um, we ask questions. We express thankfulness at the table. And, you know, I really think some of these practical reasons are actually why Jesus is constantly trying to get you and me Come to the table. Just join him at the table. Pull up. There's always a seat at the table with Jesus. There's always a spot available, and Jesus centers much of his ministry around food, around having a meal together, around being at the table, because there's transformation that begins to happen when you take a seat, when you sit down, when you begin to exchange that meal, begin to have that kind of conversation, and Jesus is wanting to come to the table with you. He's wanting you to come and be at the table with him. Remember this kind of iconic verse in in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 20, Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. There he is, invite himself over to your house again. (laughs) Want to come to dinner again. You know what, this guy knocking at the door, he probably didn't even have time to clean up the house. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, well, Jesus at the door, let's go. You know Jesus wants to come to the table. He wants you to to pull up a seat and be able to have a meal together. I love this about Jesus. I, man, as much as I can, I remind people of this part of the nature and the heart of God that he wants to spend time with you. Sharing a meal is something serious, right? It's easier to have a coffee with somebody because you're kind of in and out, less commitment. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? But the meal, now we're, now we're in it. You know what I'm saying? Now we're in this thing for real. Especially if I go to somebody's house, man, now you, there's no telling when this end goes. This may never end. You know what I'm saying? Depends on who you're hanging with. This, this could go all night. This could be an intense situation. Um, but Jesus is all right with that. He wants you to come to the table. He wants to sit down. He wants to begin to have a conversation. He wants to look you in the eyes. He wants to remind you of some things. He wants to serve up a meal at the table for you. And I I love how uh, David uh, talks about this. David was one of those guys who spoke often. I encourage you, if you haven't read a lot of the Psalms, I love the Psalms. It's such uh, an incredible book of so many great short 
um, just you know, songs and just kind of poetry that basically draws your heart to the presence of God. And David um, spoke so often about the presence of God. But one of the things in the most kind of iconic chapter of Psalms, Psalm chapter 23, let's, let's read this. I love this. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Come on, somebody. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Man, this whole verse just makes you like, ah, take a breath, doesn't it? you just like, ah, green pet. I mean, I don't even eat grass, but I'm still, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm still feeling at ease with the green pastures, you know. This is a little, well, yeah, we don't actually have grass in California. Maybe northern California. Southern California is a lot of dirt and oceans, okay? It's, ocean's great. I lived in the Northwest in Minnesota for a long time, so I miss green things. Uh, so it's good to hang out here. Um, um, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. For, uh, even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, I missed a verse. I will fear no evil, this is like the main verse of the entire thing that I skipped. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and they comfort me. You prepare, there we go, you prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies, you know what my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that part of the verse. You prepare a table. Again, God, food, tables. Come on, somebody. He's like, I've got a meal in mind for you. David understood, man, God, even in the middle of his darkest valley, even in the middle of some situations, God's like, listen, let's sit down. I got, I got a meal. I got a table. Let's pull up a chair. Let's have a conversation. Let's, uh, I've got something for you. God, God's got something specific at the table for your life. God's got a meal in mind for you. It's exactly what you need. You know what I'm saying? If you ever had that meal, it's like, ah, oh, they hit the spot, Right? That's what Jesus has for you. He's got a meal in mind. He, he's preparing something specifically with you in mind. He's preparing a table for you and for me. You know, uh, like, like I said, we're coming to the holiday, and, and what, what's, that, what's that, like, dish that is, like, either your thing or somebody in your family, like, everybody's expecting? Just a little, little crowd participation. What, what's the thing you do at Christmas? Prime, prime rib. I'm coming over. Prime rib. Let's go. What else? That I, it's a hard thing to say out loud. Funeral potato, that's a Utah thing, I think. I, I've never heard that. Funeral potatoes, yeah, sounds awesome. But garlic mash, prophesy. Come on, somebody. I love me some garlic mashed potatoes. Woo! What? Some hot dish. And nobody knows what that really means. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is up to interpretation, depending on region, city, nationality, hot dish. Does anyone here make, my family grew up in Minnesota, kind of this Norwegian, Germans, I don't know what it is, goulash. Is that, does anybody know what that means, you know? 
Goulash. Come on, somebody. My mom, whenever I come back in town, she's like, I'll make your favorite meal. What do you want? And I'm just like, goulash. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? You can eat bowls of that stuff. It's amazing. Uh, but goulash is translated different to every single person who makes it. So my wife and I had a fight when we first got married about that. But that's all right. <laughs> what else? Baked ham. Stuffing. Oh. Bacon? Just straight up. <laughs> bacon. Yeah, you don't need there just that's all you need. That bacon. So many good things I, I'm pumped about. Uh cranberries, is that still a thing? You guys do that, right? Cranberry sauce. Come on. Cranberry salad. Anyone do that? Um I'm just gonna talk about food because I think we're all getting hungry here. Uh you know, one of the things one of my aunts would make that I still am like I'm going to miss one specific side of the family's gathering that I'm super bummed about because she always brings this one thing. I'm like, how could I get somebody to bring me part of that? It's um, she. It's nothing special, but it's uh, peanut butter uh, dipped in chocolate. So it's like a peanut butter ball. How many? Let's do an altar call. Come on, somebody's like, I feel, I feel Jesus. I feel God. Well, I'm kicking stuff. Lights go out. Sorry, uh, I feel like, so. I'm a, that was always like just a mad dash of all the cousins to get in there and try to siphon. She always had a secret stash, you know. After the main plate at the table was gone, she had the secret stash, which we're always trying to find. And um, but when we when when we come to the table with Jesus, He's got some things at the table. You know what I mean? He's got a meal in mind, a meal with you, a meal with your name on it. What you need right now, God has for you. And, and, and how do we come to the table? Let me just talk about that for a quick second because we're, okay, what are we talking about? Is, is Jesus have a literal table or, or you know, I'm talking about coming into the presence of God. I'm talking about coming to him and, um, a couple ways that we sort of come to the table that I'm talking about is that we come and worship. That's how we come to the presence of God. That's how we meet with him at the table. That's how we, we, we kind of pull up a seat at the table is through worship. Spending time in worship and it just ushers us kind of, it just brings us right into the presence of God. You know how you get, if, if you get some type of VIP access to something, and somebody knows you, meets you at a door, and hey, let me take you right to the front. That, that's what worship does. Worship has this way of being the VIP bouncer access kind of area that just takes you right to the throne, takes you right to the presence of God. And when I've been, I just stay in worship. I spend time in worship, man, that's when I, I meet with Jesus. That's when I get to have that, that meal that God has prepared for me. And you know, some of us are a little bit more creative and just, oh man, we look, can we have two hours of worship? Come on, somebody. And others are like, okay, one song, I'm good. Let's get to the word. You know what I'm saying? Like each of us kind of have maybe our different style or personality of the things that we love more. But I just want to encourage every single one of us in the room to just engage in worship. And don't let Sunday be the only time that you worship. We can worship all, we have, we have I, you know, I keep, I keep wanting to say iPods, no one does anymore. We have iTunes, we've got, uh, you know, we've got audio players uh, of a thousand different ways that we can have music with us constantly, every single day. And, and we can worship God no matter what we're, uh, what we're walking through or what setting uh, that we're in. Worship is powerful. I actually remember years and years ago before uh, iPhones were even a thing, before iPods were a thing. I remember that far back. And, um, and 
and I remember it was actually funny. I, I think about it now every time I put my, my earbuds in, like to listen to music while I walk. Somebody prophesied before that stuff was even around, was like, you're going to walk around with the sound of heaven in your ears or something like that. I literally think she didn't know, but she was prophesying about Apple. So, uh, but I don't think she got any stock in it. So that's unfortunate. Um, so worship is how I, I come into the presence of God. I come up, I pull a seat up at the table through worship, right? The other one is just through the Word of God, right? When, when I get into the Word of God, every time I open up this book, it's like pulling up a seat to God's table, get ready to dig in for that meal, you know what I mean? Every single time I open up God's Word, the, the, Bible, uh, the Bible says so much about this. And again, David, he's constantly reiterating his love for God's Word and God's commands and God's laws and God's precepts because he understood how powerful it was in his life. But if you want to, if you want to eat the t- at the table that God has for you, get into God's word, right? God has a meal in mind for you. Every time I open up God's word, I'm, I, I I try to have that mindset of man, I'm coming to get something good today, right? It's like I'm coming to Christmas dinner every time I open up the word of God, man. I just man, what what's God got for me today? What's the meal what that God has prepared? for me today. Let, let me come and, and get some of uh, the, the, the good stuff, some of that prime rib, somebody. Uh, we're we're going to come to the table and get some of that, right? And so every time, if you're one man, I, I need God to speak. I need God to do something. Man, pull your chair up to the table. You know what I'm saying? Come up to the table and, and, and get yourself something to eat. Get yourself something from the Word of God. It's powerful. It, it changes us. And the thing that is so important, you, you talk about kind of the Word of God. Have you ever heard terms about like manna, manna from heaven, right? That's from the Old Testament when God was delivering his people out of Israel. Or sorry, just kidding, out of Egypt, <laughs> towards the promised land. And you're like, whoa, he's rewriting history real quick. This is bad. <laughs> Get this guy off the stage. Uh, when he's delivering his people out of Egypt, and they're on that journey to the promised land, and they're in this desert wasteland, and they cry out to God, and God supernaturally sends them this manna, this bread from heaven. And it was, a, it was a, an analogy, it was a, a foreshadowing of Jesus who was called the bread of life, right? And, but here's the thing I love about this passage. See, God doesn't waste an ounce of the example from history, is that they couldn't collect all they needed for the week. You remember, if you remember that story, God gave them bread, they'd have to go out and they collect it, but God told Moses to tell the people, do not collect some for today and tomorrow or for multiple days. Just collect enough for today, right? And anyone who did, they would wake up the next day and the bread was moldy and had maggots in it. Was, it was a bad situation, right? He said, just enough for today. And then the next day, guess what? There's a fresh round of that manna that's fallen from heaven. And most of the time, though the sad part is most of the time as believers, we live with a once a week manna stockpiling, Right? Okay, I'm going to come to church, pulling up to the table, getting my meal, getting ready. You got your, you know, your, your to-go goodie bags, you hiding in your purse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll take that word for Tuesday. I'll take that word for Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? You know, how, how many of you that, you know, uh, how many got a grandma that was at the, the buffet line putting a couple doggy bags away? Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, secretly, how many are you that person? You know what I mean? Uh, but... But we, don't, we can't do that when it comes to our relationship with God and coming to the table. Guess what? God's got a table prepared for you every single day. 
So we come in here, man, we're getting some good stuff each week as we come to the table and worship. We come to the table to hear the word of God for that week. But you know what? This isn't the only time that God wants to come and have dinner with you. You know what I mean? Every single day, we get that fresh manna. We get that fresh uh, opportunity to come and hear from God and spend some time in his word. Amen. Okay, so let me uh, talk a little bit about what's at the table. I'm actually have the worship team come up and, and join me to encourage me to wrap up. Yeah. And I've been talking about food too much, so everybody's hungry. <laughs> let me talk about a couple things you can expect when you come to the table. Here's some, here's some of the, 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 the dishes that you're going to find at the table. You're going to find grace. You're going to find grace at his table. Oh, man, I love this. And this ain't, this ain't stingy portion control grace. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, okay, no, no, hey, no, you can't fill your plate with grace. You get a little section. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no portion control uh, Gestapo uh, on the grace portion. It's overwhelming amounts of grace. It's unending portions of grace. And I love the Bible says that his mercies, they're new every morning. So this is an unending, never-ending supply that you're going to find at the table. You know, most of the time people stay away from really kind of meeting with God. Sometimes we're okay with, okay, I'll do the church thing, but I'm a little uncomfortable because of whatever situations. I don't really want to try to really engage with God. I feel better when I come to church. But I'm afraid to really kind of go to the table, really read the word or really worship God, or really kind of open up my heart to God because we're nervous. Maybe nervous about my issues and my sin and my missteps and my habits and my thoughts and whatever. But I just want to remind you, you're going to find some grace at the table. <laughs> Lots of it. I like to think of grace like that garlic mashed potato. Come on, somebody. Let's go. You just get, it's, an, it's just heaping. It's just heaping amounts of grace. And you know what? That new mercy every morning isn't like, well, by five o'clock you ran out, but don't worry, it'll restart next the next morning. No, no, no. It, it's good all day long. <laughs> it, it's grace on grace on grace. Every single day, every single minute, we, we, we're going to come to the God's table. We're going to find so much grace. Don't stay away from the table. You're going you're to find grace there. Here's another thing we're going to find at the table. We're going to find restoration and strength at the table. Man, you feel weak? Feel maybe beat down by some situations? Guess what? You're going to find so much strength at the table. That, that's where maybe you feel in a natural sense if you're worn out because you haven't eaten and you come to the table and all of a sudden, like with my kids, my wife and I say, my kid's happy muscle returned. You know what I'm saying? Like kids get ornery when they haven't eaten. You give them a little bit of food. It's a miracle. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, they're back to themselves again. You know, sometimes us guys are like that too. Come on, somebody, right? It's, it, something happens when all of a sudden I get strength again. I'm restored again. And you're going to find that when you come into the presence of God. You come back to the table. Um, in John 21, this is such a beautiful passage where Peter, who we now know is kind of one of the great apostles uh, of, of the church and really established so much of, of what we all live in today as followers of Christ. But he had that iconic failure kind of heard around the world where he denies Jesus three times 
in that massive persecution as Jesus is on his way to ultimately go into the cross. And three times, can you imagine that? You're like Jesus' right hand dude. Like you're in the inner circle. Like you're tight with Jesus. Like you're healing people. You're casting out demons. You're doing all this stuff. But it, when it mattered most, you, you abandon him. You swear you've never met the guy. You don't even know the guy. I mean, he's at his low point. He's like, man, I've, I've just, I'm done. I've messed up. And Jesus, again, over a meal, restores Peter. See, after Jesus rose from the dead, then he's visiting to the disciples again. And Peter and some of the dudes are out fishing. And Jesus comes to the shore, begins to prepare a meal. And he invites them in. They come in. They eat with Jesus. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And he asked him that several times. And he restores Peter. And you're going to find that grace on grace at the table. You're going to find that restoration and new strength. Here's another thing we find at the table with, with Jesus. We come to his word. We find purpose. We find, we find purpose again. We find direction again. I'm telling you what, a lot of times people are wandering, just going through the motions. TJ, T, what is it? TGIF. I never say it. That's why I don't even know how to uh, spell it, right? TGIF is, and no, don't, don't feel bad if you say it a lot. But I just want to, that's for people who aren't really living for purpose. Because I'm not TG, what is it? TGIF. I'm not, I'm not living for that. I don't care. Because every single day I get a chance to run after purpose. I'm going after what God has called me to do. Now, I know sometimes a work week gets longer. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. Sometimes you're spent. Man, you're ready to chill a little bit. That's cool. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. But if you're always living for the weekend because your everyday life as a drag, you're not living on purpose. Even in a, a mundane job, you can realize that, man, I'm actually here for a bigger purpose than just going through the motions of my job. I'm here to shine the light of Jesus in every situation so I can wake up. Even if I'm not pumped about my occupation, I can still go to work with purpose, right? So I'm thanking God for every single day. Here's another thing you're going to find at the table. You're going to find hope. You're going to find life at the table with Jesus. Man, you're, you're going to find that when you come and you get in his word and you come and you worship in his presence, you're going to find hope gets renewed again. The Bible says that those who wait on the Lord renew their strength, right? They're renewed. They're, there's something that happens. And, and, and I hope you feel it each week after church, you leave just going, all right, I got this. If you've ever felt that, if you've ever been a little weary coming into Sunday, and then you leave Sunday going, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's, that's hope renewed again. But that's what happens when you come to the table. The good news is this ain't the only table, right? You come to the table Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? We get to come to that table, get renewed, get our hope restored again, get that life injected into us. Again, I know in some of those difficult seasons and sometimes when we're walking through something painful even or, or we're in a challenging, stressful season of advancement at work, man, we just need some life again. We need some re renewed hope again. We need a reminder again. And I love when Jesus and his disciples are going through one of the kind of difficult seasons. There's actually a crew that are leaving Jesus because his message is a little too intense for them. 
And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, hey, you guys going to leave too? <laughs> you out? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You're, you're where life's at. You're, you're, where, you're where it's all at, Jesus. You're the source of it. You're the one who brings the word of life. Where else would I go? And I'm telling you what, when you come to God's table, when you pull up a seat at the table, spend a little bit of time with Jesus, you're going to find fresh life coming back again. You're going to find fresh hope coming back again. Amen? Amen. If you receive that, give God a big hand clap of praise here this morning. Come on, he's got a meal in mind for you. He's got a meal in mind. Once you all stand with me, I want to pray. I want to take communion together. Can I have one of the little communion cups? On your way in, hopefully, oh, thank you. Hopefully you got one of these. Hello, 2018, coming on 19. Convenient wafer and juice combo. Um, You know, when Jesus is in some of his final moments with his disciples, what's he doing? Again, he's having dinner <laughs> with his disciples. And how does he want us as the church to establish a routine, to establish something that we would constantly remind ourselves of him, remind ourselves of what he did for us, remind ourselves of the cross that was coming, remind ourselves of the salvation that he had for us. What does he do? He institutes a meal. He institutes this, the bread and the wine or the juice in this situation. In John or in First uh, Corinthians 11, they're having a meal and let, let me read what it says. For I received from the Lord will I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had, um, had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me of me. So he institutes a meal and he says, hey church, not only just in that moment, but for the rest of eternity until I ultimately come back, I want you to gather around a meal that we call communion. I want you to take the bread and the juice and I need you to come to my table because I've got life for you. I've got hope for you. i got grace for you at the table. And, and you know what? Sometimes we can get weak. Sometimes we can feel fatigued. But usually it's because we haven't come to the table recently. We haven't eaten what God wants to give us. We've, we've been trying to go for weeks and months with just living on crumbs when, man, God's got a meal for us. God's prepared a table for you. So here's what I want us to do. We're all going to eat, eat the, the bread, drink the juice, and then we're going to worship for a little bit. And we're just going to, I want you just in your heart right now, this is your moment to come to the table. We, we got a busy season. You know what? Sometimes we're going through a lot and, and we got a lot that's about to happen in the next couple of weeks for all of us. But in the middle of the hustle and bustle, as they say, can we pause for a second? and come to the table, right? So everybody just take the bread, take the juice, and let me pray. Father, we thank you. We come to the table this morning. We, we take this 
symbolically together, the bread that represents your body, the juice that represents that blood. And we gather around the table and we remember you this morning. We honor you this morning in our lives. And we make a decision this morning that this ain't going to be the only time that you're going to see us at the table this week. But God, that we're going to come regularly and we're going to get refreshed regularly. So today I pray for new joy and new strength and new hope and new, uh, new authority over their lives. God, and I pray for a fresh life to flow through every single one of us as we follow you, as we come to your table in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take and eat if you haven't already, and then let's worship for a moment together.